Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Nathaniel's a very good football coach, and uh, he's even a better person. And uh, it just didn't work out here, and, uh, and that's on me. Uh, and as I told the players yesterday, I take full responsibility for where we are as a football team. I brought in the head coach. I brought in most of the players. Those are my decisions, and there's no one to blame but me. Well, that was General Manager George Payton yesterday, and he did not finish his remarks by resigning his position. It felt like that's basically what he was getting ready to do. It's all my fault. Everything's my fault, but I'm not the one who's been fired. It's the guy that I hired into a bad situation. He's the one who's gone. I'm still here. We're going to break that down. We're going to unpack that, as the cool kids like to say, over the course of the next half hour or so. Yesterday, Is that what the cool kids say? That's what they say? They unpack. That's the new cool. I think they say unpack. Unpack. Unpack that. (laughs) That's the cool phrase, Dad. I don't know that it's the cool kids. (laughs) Maybe it's it's what the nerds on cable news say. (laughs) Maybe that's better. Is a quote. Right. Or a stream of quotes. You have to unpack it. You have to break it down. You have to take a closer look. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Michael. Good morning. Well, you're not. Today a- is an anniversary that I had forgotten. Really? No. Listen, I haven't. I have. I have five days after Festivus. I have a grievance to air. Um, hey, Matt Casey, if you're listening, first of all, you know, I, I can't say what I'd like to say because uh, we we just started the show and it's the holiday season and I, I'm not going to use any profanity. I'm really interested now. here. But just because you're up at 5.11 a.m. with a little kid that is wide awake and wants a bottle, that doesn't mean the rest of us are up at 5.11 a.m. So oh, you don't have to text yeah. the whole FNIA chain at 5.11 a.m., especially when the text is a clip of a certain play that happened on this day. 1975 right i was blissful in my ignorance of the fact that the anniversary had oh please had arrived this was it there it is 47 very nice of today 
Coach Dungy had my back when this came up on Sunday night. It was pass interference. Coach Dungy was watching the game from his dorm at the University of Minnesota. He was all in with the Vikings that year. He was in school in Minnesota. He was supporting the local team, and he believes to this day, as do I. That is not a technique they were teaching defensive backs in 1975. When the ball is coming in, fall flat on your face. That's not how it went. He was pushed. It wasn't called. And the well, Cowboys. Yeah, they've never called offensive pass Man, interference. The Super Bowl. It's, that's that still year. probably the most egregiously missed call in the NFL on a weekly basis. So yeah, I'm not shocked to see that. But uh, I mean, hey, I mean, you talk about nerds on cable news and cool kids and all that. Look at you today, though. Sun's out, guns out, short sleeve shirt today in the middle of winter. I just, I, I you? Was, you know what? Uh, let me tell you something. First of all, guns aren't out. Guns are fully concealed. <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting the right temperature in this space above my garage. Some days it's cold enough to see your breath. Other days it's uh, it's a little toasty. So we're trying to get it just right. Today I noticed a little toasty, so I I went with the summer collection. Wait, so are summer? I've got the winter. Are you walking? Yeah, the the Mike Florio summer and winter collection. I like it. It's very high in demand. All the cool kids want it, too, that one, too. But (laughs) Yes, oh, absolutely. They unpack it. That's what they love to unpack. Exactly. Who would want this? You got me this? (laughs) Right. Asshole for Christmas? (laughs) What about, so wait, are you walking in there and gauging temperature now and then walking back and getting changed off the temperature, or you just had a feel that it was warm in there and you just went with it when you woke up? Good question. I had to bring my laptop upstairs. Gotcha. Earlier, right, so that gave you a feel. If I don't, then I, then I've I've had that panic where I walk up here, you know, with about three minutes to go before airtime, and there's nothing on the table, and it's like, oh God, I need my computer. I forgot it. So I I came up the steps earlier and left it, and it's like that's yeah, a little warm up here. I adjusted the thermostat, but how much? Once it's once it's baking, what can you really do? So I, I accidentally had it higher than it needed to be up here, so it's a little warm today. Okay, so that's all right, it. good. That's it. And I also i i did I did make a last minute search for my Paul Krause jersey that last was on air Super Bowl Fifty Two week in Minneapolis because Paul Krause was the guy who. All due respect, I mean, he didn't exactly bust his ass to get over there to help with the coverage. I, I, I'd like to think even in 1975, with a diminished overall NFL passing game, in the situation you know what's going on and you're not standing in the middle of the field when there's no receivers in the middle of the field, you get over to help help Nate Wright, especially because he's been pushed to the ground by so now, damn, Pearson. I damn. should get a Nate Wright jersey. Damn, he's Paul. the victim of damn, that. Damn, Paul. Don't tweet Paul. at Mike anymore. Make sure you tweet well, that we, po- at Paul, uh, quote. Hey, Paul, you didn't hustle hey. on that play. Next next time you wear his jersey. Hey, remember that play you didn't hustle well, on? Can we show it again? Can we show it again? <laughs> Hall of Famer. I Hall of Famer. He liked One you. of the best he ever. You a nice te- a One of the nice best generation. like a month ago, right? He Six did? weeks ago? I didn't he? Well, didn't he say something about when you were wearing? Foreman. Oh, that's who it was. I'm sorry. I'm confused. You're right. Yeah, one of those Vikings players from back in the day. Yeah. 22, not 44. Yeah, but I got you. But if we watch this, let's break it down. First, you got the pump to the left to freeze the safety and apparently draw Paul Krause that way. But I don't know what Paul's doing. Is he covering the ref? 
Who's Paul Krause covering? If we right. can spin he, that back, hey. he's got that official in the deep middle. He's got him blanketed. Hey. I don't know what he's doing on that play. It's, uh, it's, it's, he's, he's ahead of his time. He doesn't want necessary unnecessary roughness. He's just going to let the guy catch the ball and walk in. That's what that's Here what we the go. wants now. There's the ball. <laughs> yeah. Look, 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 look how far he is away. Like, I should probably get over here and cover this guy. And, but he saw it. He saw the shove. He did. He, he saw, saw it. it. He's he had there. the best view of it. Yeah. All right. All and right. then one of the officials got hit in the head by a whiskey bottle. That We don't condone that, but uh, we we definitely don't condone. Eat it, Florio. All right, enough Eat it, Vikings. Let's, hey, let's story coming to, to a, a, uh, a TV near you real soon. Dallas beating Minnesota in the divisional round. Just tune in. <laughs> I, I would rather it be 40 to 3 than what I saw <laughs> oh, yeah, December 28, right, sure. 1975. <laughs> hey, hey, I've I've listen, I, I I remember the Vikings going to Giant Stadium in January of 2001 and losing 41 to nothing. At least I could go to bed at halftime of that one. I mean, you know it's over, it's done. Like it, it's you just accept it. Yeah. You just move on with your life. When you put that three-plus hours in and you've got a pit in your stomach the entire time and, and it ends up going the way of the 98 game against the Falcons or, you know, two, by 2009, I really, I really have over the years become less invested just because I'm in this business and you get older and you just don't, you don't, you get sure. used to it. You don't yeah. care as much. Sure. My, my right. son's the one who's crazy, right. insane, and he actually believes they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's like, son, you probably should should reel in your expectations a little bit. He just thinks this whole magical thing with the horseshoe up the butt is just like, it's, it's just, it, it's not going to stop in the playoffs. I think it will. And I think it'd be more likely 40 to three than some kind of crazy outcome like that. Because if there is a crazy outcome to be had this year, we know it's going to go the Vikings way. The way you prevent the Vikings from having a crazy outcome is pound them like the Cowboys did pound them like the lions kind of did pound them like the Eagles did back in week two. And I think somebody like the 49ers will be pounding them in the division round. I guess that's the best news. There really isn't a path. It's, it's possible, but it doesn't feel probable for Cowboys at Vikings in the division. Round. No, but it you're still right. could happen. Yeah, I because, guess. because what could, what would happen? The Vikings would be the two seed the 49ers would have to lose to the six yeah, seed. Yeah, somebody would have to lose to a lower seed. And then the seed. Cowboys would have right. to beat the Bucks. Right. So there'd have to be a lower seed goes to Philly instead of the five seed. Yes, right. Um, and then the Vikings would get the Cowboys. So hopefully that won't happen because uh, I – I don't know that that, that that whole spin it back to 1975, I don't know that I would survive that three hours. All right. Show is PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Hello to the audience. Enjoying the program or or hate watching. It doesn't matter. It still counts. You can you can sit and yell at the screen like Mickey yelling at at Apollo Creed and Rocky two and throwing his soup around. You can I don't care as long as you watch on Peacock or listen on Sirius XM eighty five or Sky Sports NFL UK Ireland wherever Sky Sports NFL is available. Podcast available everywhere on the planet. Possibly places not on the planet. I don't know. All I know is anywhere you get your podcast, you can get PFT Live. Okay. So, the Broncos. Seven straight years of no playoff appearances. Chris, the longest drought for any Super Bowl champion. They won Super Bowl 50. They haven't been back to the playoffs since then. They have been bad since then. They have had issues, all sorts of 
problems since then. Right. Now the issue is they fired their head coach and they've got a quarterback that they can't easily move on from because of the havoc it would wreak on their salary cap. So yesterday it was both Greg Penner, the CEO, and George Payton, the GM, meeting with reporters. They had their opening statements. They answered questions. One of the questions was whether or not Russell Wilson is fixable. Here is George Payton, the man who traded for Wilson and paid Wilson on that topic. We saw flashes of Russ this year. You know, Russ in, in, Russ even said he didn't play up to his standard. But, um, you know, the first half of the Chargers game, the, the first half of the Raiders game, you know, he finished strong. So you can go through the season that you do see uh, flashes. And he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard, didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ. You know, that wasn't what it's all about. That's, why, that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire – um, organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. Uh, it's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe he is. We do. What an endorsement that is for Russell Wilson if he's listened to that press conference. Gee, boss, thanks. You think I can be fixed? I didn't know I was broken. See, that's part of all of this. That's part of the challenge for the new coach. First, you got to get Russell Wilson to look in the mirror and realize where he currently is in his career and what he needs to do to change it. Of course, he's going to say, it's not my fault. I can still play at a high level. It's all these people around me. It's the coaching staff. So Russ is going to be happy with this until the new boss shows up and maybe talks tough to him. But I really do think, and, and we know what they say publicly and what they say privately is often two different things. Chris, I, I think that one of the top priorities here is to find somebody who has a plan that they believe will work for Russell Wilson. How can not, that not be the most important topic that's discussed at every single interview they conduct? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, again, I, I don't think he's wrong in everything he's saying there. There's a number of issues, but th that's going to be the number one topic any head coach t comes in the in, in for the interview process. It, it's going to be the number one thing talked about. You know, again, not, it, it's, it's a quarter of a billion dollars. It's the quarterback position, which we know is the most important position in the sport. And then this is also the top investment you have in your football team, not only financially, but the, the other assets you gave away through the trade, too. So that's why you need to make it work. And it has to be the, the number one priority. And I would think that's going to be a big part of conversations and the interview process and why I would think, again, that they go the offensive route for a head coach with this situation. It, it's, it's, this was the, the biggest topic talked about last offseason, Russell Wilson. He comes to your team. You're supposed to be in the Super Bowl conversation. They weren't in the playoffs for six years. Everybody just about in the business whatever put the broncos in the playoffs this year why because of russell wilson and you know george Pat, uh, payton and, and everybody yeah there's problems with the broncos but as we've discussed before too i mean it, it's he's the biggest problem and i'm not i'm not being mean or or like trying to be a shock jock or get clicks or anything like that we've been saying this for a while i think anybody watching the game is saying that. I mean, we're we're in there with the cool, calm-headed Tony Dungy, and he's every week shaking his head like, man, it's almost like he forgot how to play. Sometimes it's it's so it's glaring to everybody. It's got to be the number one issue. They can say what they want, but this is what this next head coaching search is going to be all about, Mike. To your point, all about it. I can't rem 
I can't remember whether or not you and I talked about yeah. this yesterday morning. I think this is something Miles Simmons and I discussed on Monday afternoon following the news that Hackett was out. Right. If, Chris, and, I, and the more I think about it, the more I think it was a Monday topic. If you had the ability, setting aside what we gave up to get him, setting aside the 50-plus million he's already been paid, setting yeah. aside the remaining guarantees, setting aside the cap consequences, if you could yeah. just move on from Russell yes. Wilson now to a new quarterback, would you? Yes, I think I would. Would you? I would, I'd be a little scared. I'd be scared. I mean, again, you know, I, I wouldn't move on just for anybody. But I, I guess what, what I'm saying is just that, you know, do I think – am I sold that there's an, you know, an issue here to the fact that, oh, my gosh, he's not, not going to be remotely the same player? I'm not sold on that, right? Uh, and, and I understand it wasn't the easiest circumstance to come in, especially for a guy like Russ. But I do think there's some warning signs. As far as, you know, not to say I wouldn't want him, but if I could redo the deal and maybe not pay him as much or trade as much or whatever, you know, whatever, Mike, lessen the blow that way. Because I think between, you know, the people skills in the locker room, that's been confirmed an issue, I think, here in stop number two. And then I think some of the offensive issues that we talked about with the Seattle Seahawks, yeah, I think it's hard not to look at it and go, well, I, I think Russ is, was a part of that. How could we not? It's a different offense. And then with the physical ability, Mike, like we've talked about, the lack of you know, big-time speed, he's no longer, right? Do we even talk about him as one of the mobile quarterbacks in football anymore? When we bring up guys that can do things off schedule and make plays with their legs, right? We don't even talk about Russell Wilson anymore. There's six, seven guys we go to before we go to him. And then that, and then, you know, the arm is still good but not great. There, there's some things that would scare me is what I'm saying, Mike, to your question, 100%. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There was a period of time where these younger guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were just simply passing 
him by. He still had the abilities, but they had it better. Yeah. Then over the past couple of years, the abilities just seem to have dried up. So that to me would be one of the big concerns. I just I raise that question with you because from an organizational standpoint, if that's the answer to the question, then you need to set in place a plan for disengaging from Russell Wilson. And maybe their actual plan is this is more about the team. This is just about getting through 2023 with Russell Wilson. This isn't a question of whether he's fixable. We've seen enough to know this guy isn't our future. So the way the salary cap works with this contract, and we talked about it yesterday, I think that the best time to move on from him is March of 2024 before another $37 million becomes fully guaranteed, and you just hope he doesn't get injured next year and have that guarantee vest because he can't pass a physical. That's a different problem altogether. You could bench him, though, halfway through next season if it's not working. I think that this is bigger picture that in a roundabout way they've acknowledged the mistake. They're not going to come out and say it. This is about the whole team and the whole football operation because I think deep down they know. He's got one year to play, not just at a passing level. He's got to play at a ridiculously high level to get them to forget about 2022. He has to be the exact opposite of what he was this year to be the guy that they embrace over the long haul. And I think they know if they're picking one way or the other, he's not, he's just not going to do it. They've seen enough. We've seen enough. It's just going to magically come back. It does. That doesn't happen. A guy's abilities don't magically disappear and then boomerang back to him. Like, he is who he is right now. And maybe they do find somebody that can transform him into something more than he was. But, you know, Chris, here's the deeper point. I thought of this as you were talking about yeah. it. And, and I think we're going to see the pendulum swing away from some of these massive quarterback contracts. I think so, too. So much of the great quarterback play that we see in the NFL is a product of having everything else around Exactly you right. Especially exactly. your offensive line. Exactly right. Right? Right. And, and what happens is the offensive line, my son and I were talking about this the other day. When an offensive lineman sucks, we notice him. When an offensive lineman plays well, we notice all the guys who are able to do their thing right. because of a great offensive right. line. We notice the quarterback, the running back, and the receivers. Right? Ray Ray McLeod had a great 71-yard touchdown the other day. It was sparked by yeah, incredible a lot of great blocking, blocking right. by the 49ers. Where he didn't get touched for not, 71 not yards. Not any special tra- – <laughs> Right. Exactly. Right. Not any special transcendent skills other than being fast enough to run through the opening. Right. It was the blocking that popped that thing. But yeah. we don't know – we talk about – Oh, wow, this guy's a great player. No, he's got great players doing it for him. My point is this. I, I, think that, I think that organizations are going to become less smitten with quarterbacks who go out and, and just do the basic stuff well. There's still going to be room for the transcendent talent like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, et cetera, and Joe Burrow. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that just end up doing well yeah. because everything around them is working. Right. And I think that may be the postmortem on Russell Wilson in Seattle. He had a great run because everything around him was working well, and he had a higher degree of natural talent than he has right now. That, that, that is another factor in it. He can't run like he used to, but he was in a system and a situation where everything else was working at a very high level. Yeah, I mean, you said a lot of good things there. It's a, it's a, it's a good topic, and, and Mike, it's something I've kind of – you know, I've, I've kind of dabbled in that conversation in my podcast a little and things like that of like, yeah, I just wonder too. You know, again, we're seeing a lot of examples of, you know, hey, team's good, quarterback solid. We think he's better than he is because he's on a really good team. 
And, yeah, to me, like you said it, there's only a few guys that really you can go, wait, I can put them on on just about any team in any system, and they're going to be good. And you named it, you know, the Allens, the Mahomes, the Burroughs, the Herberts, the Lamar Jackson. You can put them in any offense, and it's going to work. And that's that. they are the ones you break the bank for. You know, Brady in his prime, Rodgers in his prime, whatever. Those guys. But, yeah, the rest is... As we've always talked about, and, and you know, hopefully people really are, are dependent on support system and the things that are around them. And Russell Wilson, you know, he could have probably a few years ago got away with, oh, I missed this read, I missed that read, it doesn't matter, I'll scramble, I'll make a play, and then I'll throw the ball down the field or I'll run for 15 yards, and he can make it happen. But because of the declining physical skills, he can't do that stuff as much anymore. So he's got to play within the pocket a little bit more. And um, I think he's adjusting to that. And, you know, I, I do think that's fixable. You know, again, I know we had the conversation, like, listen, if you could take it back, would it be one thing you'd take it back? Sure, but you can't take it back right now. And you have invested. And, like, if I'm George Payton, I'm, I, you do, you do want to make it work, right, Mike? Because if you're getting rid of him in two years – there's a good chance that you're getting they're getting rid of you too because the whole point everybody's like what did this guy do look at what he's done with this team so he's gonna try to make this work from that too to I'll go back to something you've said a few times you know when you brought up Sean Payton and go they just gotta find the next formula and way that works for Russell Wilson now this age you know where he is mid 30s and find the team and the players around him that can support the way he plays now to justify everything they gave away from him. He's still, you know, got some top-end qualities. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to be clutch, and he is going to give your team belief in big games because he's been there. And so there are those positives. But I just can't imagine them worrying about plan B quite yet because I think if they gets to plan B then you might be also the guy that's planning on packing up his house and moving out of town too because this will be big egg on your face with Russell Wilson this this type of failure what do you think and I think about it's that? dangerous to yeah I agree with you I think it's dangerous for the organization to to totally have a GM it. who is so clearly invested in that outcome. Right. Be, be, I hear you, you. It's like, okay, we, we understand yeah. th- th- this guy's career is hinging on what happens with Russell Wilson. So he's going to be maybe making decisions aimed at I, boosting Russell Wilson. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe otherwise hurting the team. Like, Hey, when it's time to, when it's time to allocate cap dollars, are you going to devote it to a defensive end or are you going to devote it to a receiver who may make Russell Wilson better? And you're going to skew toward doing whatever you have to do to make Russell Wilson better because you're tied to him. If he ends up out, you're going to be out. But that to me, I think leads to the next point because I believe Chris, after studying the full transcript of that press conference yesterday, right? I think that there are indications that George Payton has had his wings clipped by Greg Penner and that Payton, even though he's not fired, has far less influence, power, and control moving forward. Case in point, here's Penner from yesterday talking about who the head coach will report to while also explaining why he still has faith in George Payton as the GM. Here's Penner. Uh, yes, the new head coach will report to me, which is a more typical structure uh, in the NFL. Obviously, the relationship between the general manager and the head coach is a critical one. 
and uh, uh, George is going to be intimately involved with this process of looking for a new head coach, and we'll make sure that there's a good fit there. George and I have had a chance to get to know each other. Uh, we talk every day um, since we uh, purchased the team a number of months ago. And um, he acknowledged right up front, uh, you know, there are a couple of decisions that haven't worked out as he had expected. Uh, but I understand his thought process. He understands the work that needs to be done in this offseason. And, um, uh, and I'm going to rely on him heavily uh, as we go through and make these changes. Now, Chris, I don't know how typical the approach is that Greg Penner is mentioning, but there are three basic models in my mind. You've got the strong GM, the Giants' typical approach. The strong GM with the head coach who reports to the GM. The GM runs the football operation. The coach works for the GM. That's one model. The other model is basically two separate tracks where you've got what apparently on the surface is what the Broncos are looking for. GM and coach both report to the owner. That can be a dangerous situation because when things go poorly, yeah. coach he and said, GM start said, blaming each said, other and you have a said, recipe for dysfunction. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. He, it's his fault. Right. No, it's his fault. No, fire him. No, fire him. And then the whole thing implodes. The other model is basically the coach is in charge and the GM works for the coach. If there even is a GM, sometimes there is. Sometimes there is. Kansas City, I would say, all due respect to Brett Veach, Andy Reid runs the show. Brett Veach works for him. Right. In New England, there's no GM. It's Bill Belichick, and the personnel department works for him. My point is this. They're selling us on this idea that this coach reports to the owner, this more typical, which I don't buy. I don't think it's typical. I, 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 don't, I would I'd agree with three you. Options. I would agree with you. Yeah. They're selling us on that, but it, the reality may be, and we got another clip to play coming up that, that will reinforce this. The reality may be George Payton's going to work for the new coach. And and the other reality may be the new coach may decide, I don't want George Payton. I want somebody else. So that that comment from Penner, to me, plants the seed that even though Payton is staying. Yeah. There's options on the table. Have the same job, and he's right. not going to have the same job that he used to have, and he still could be out. Right. I, 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 that's what I, I kind of took it as. You know, that the ownership's taking a little more control of the situation, however you want to say it, or clipping the wings of George Payton to a degree, and also I think keeping options open to what you're saying. What if there's a marquee coach out there that you just go, well, no, 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 this guy's that good that. Now he's the boss, and I'm sorry. I know we thought you were the boss, but he's the boss, and you're going to listen to him, and I'm going to talk to him more and you know, get some conversations with, with you as well and, and keep things healthy that way. But, yeah, I would think that's the thought process there, Mike. And to your point in, in this overall you know, statement by, by Mr. Penner and all that as well is just that uh, I, I don't know if that's the normal structure of the head coach reporting – to the owner, uh, you know, Mike, again, I, I, I feel like the healthy relationships, the successful organizations in football, I, I don't even want to call it reporting. I just would think there was an owner who had his presence felt and made sure everybody was on the same page like once a week or once every other week. I can remember being in New England and Mr. Kraft would have a meeting with Bill Belichick and Nick Casario and maybe other top guys, 
because they were going to go through the lay of the land a little bit. And what's going on with the organization? And let's talk. And what are the issues we got to figure out? That, to me, is, is healthy organization. Eddie DeBartolo in the 80s. You know, yeah, he's demanding, but he's there and he's talking. What do you need? What do I got to do? What do you got to do? We got to be better at this. That, that to me, is the normal structure of a healthy organization, at least in my opinion, Mike. And we've talked about this before. There's a sweet spot. You want to be around. You don't right. want to be an absentee landlord. You want to be there. Yeah. There's a different vibe. You've said that before. When the owner's in the building, there's a different vibe. But Definitely. that doesn't mean the owner constantly has a spoon in the stew stirring it around. You don't right. want to meddle, but you want to be available. You want to be present. You want to show it's important, but you don't want to be hovering over the shoulder of your people you've hired to do the job. And we don't know what Greg Penner is going to be as that CEO with the coach reporting to him and the GM reporting to him on a separate track. That could set the stage for dysfunction, and dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. I do give the benefit of the doubt to these folks who have not built but maintained and helped expand this worldwide retail behemoth known as Walmart. So they know what they're doing yeah, right. generally, but how many times have we seen people who think they know what they're doing in one line of business think it's transferable yeah. to football? It's a different business. And it ain't. Right. Very different. And you're competing with a bunch of other people who've been successful. Yeah. One way or the other. Now, right. some of them inherited their wealth and their, their status, but but still, you're competing in this sandbox with a lot of smart people and a lot of people who know how to run businesses. A lot of people still can't figure out how to properly run a football business. Okay, so here's the next piece of the yeah, puzzle. Yeah, Greg Penner talking about what he's looking for in his next head coach. Let's listen carefully to what he had to say. I've worked with a lot of great CEOs, and it starts with uh, really strong leadership. I think that's going to be the most critical factor here in a head coach. Obviously, the X and O's are important, but we need – we need a strong leader for this organization that's focused on winning. That starts with culture. It's instilling uh, a sense of accountability, uh, discipline, and um, and we need an identity on on offense. Um, and so, but at, at the starting point, it's got to be about culture and leadership, and and those characteristics are what we'll be focused on the most. First thing he said, I've worked with a lot of great CEOs. He wants a CEO for the football operation. Yeah. It's right there. Right. Plain sight. Right. Now, he's the CEO of the team, but the football operation is a separate part of it. He wants a CEO for the football operation. Further proof that George Payton takes a back seat. That, that, They're that to hire me is the number one thing. CEO of the football operation right. who's right. also the head coach. Yes. Agreed with you, Mike. That that was the big comment there that that uh, I noticed as well. And he said that, that yeah, that, that's, that's what they're looking for, which also would make me think that young first-time head coaches are not going to be favored in this conversation. They're not going to go the Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> no, not after what they just went exactly. through. Exactly. They're not going to do that again. So that's where you start to dive into, wait, who's out there that's been here, done that? And right off the bat, of course, we go to Sean Payton. And, of course, he's a quarterback whisperer. So you think about that when you call it culture, CEO, knows what it takes to win. That's a guy you think of. And honestly, uh, you know, after that, I, there's not a lot of like proven commodities that feels like. I start to go to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, CEO type. I, I start to think of guys like that. You know, it seems like most of the hot candidates we're talking about this year are 
you know, going to be first-time candidates. You know, maybe a Leslie Frazier gets involved in there who deserves to be. But for the most part, it's, it's young, you know, offense or defensive coordinator that I think we're hearing about more than anything. The reality is when you take someone who's never been a head coach before, who's been successful at the lower levels of the sport, coordinator, position coach, whatever, and you thrust them into that role of head coach, you just don't know what they're going to do until they are in that job. They don't know what they're going to do until they're in that job. It's a different experience. It's a different existence. It's different. And they don't want to get burned by that again. We see this dynamic a lot in coaching searches where the team looks for someone who is basically the exact opposite of the last guy. Yeah, right, had. right. Look at what happened in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. What we just had didn't work, so we want somebody who is the 180-degree diametrically opposed, young, up-and-coming assistant who stumbles into a coaching job, deserves it, earns it, has all the reason out there to believe he's going to be successful and he falls flat on his face. We want the opposite. And you mentioned Harbaugh. Hey, how about this? Condoleezza Rice, member of ownership group. She was at Stanford, part of the search committee that hired. Look at that. Accidental scholar right there. I just tripped into that one. (laughs) So... Tell your dad I said hi. We get to interview Jim Harbaugh in a few weeks. Won't that be fun at the scouting combine? But we know Harbaugh wants back in. Right. We know he wants back in. He can say, and people yeah, said, right. he said he's staying. He yeah, said right. he's staying. In For college. the 71st Listen time. to what, all you got to do is look at his contract. All you got to do is look at his contract. He's got a buyout, $3 million this year. That's pocket change yeah. to Greg Penner if he wants Jim Harbaugh. Exactly. Pocket change. Don't put a don't put any buyout in there at all if the door is truly shut on the NFL. When he says the ultimate thing is to win a Super Bowl, yeah, but we'll go ahead and pursue a college championship too. I guess that's okay if we can't get a Super Bowl trophy. He wants back in. He wants that thing his brother has. I mean, this is deep seated brother love and hatred rivalry right. stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> John's always got that ring. Yeah. And Jim ain't got a ring. Jim wants a ring, and maybe two. Maybe two. Once I get one, maybe I'll get a second one, and I'll have more than John. So I think he's probably very interested in that job, and he's coached against Russell Wilson. Who who better to be able, even though it was a limited period of time, 2012, 2013, 2014, who better to maybe tell you where Russell Wilson is than a guy who was dealing with him twice slash three times a year when he was, you know, at the height of his abilities. Super Bowl in 2013, Super Bowl in 2014. The 49ers beat them in in 2012. 2012, Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got together in 20, what was it, 2013, they got together, and that was the whole – Richard Sherman, Michael Crabtree, you don't put the don't you know, remember yeah, all that? At, the, you mad at the me, whole, bro, or, or it whatever. Was one of those it was. years, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. All that that was that was Tom that Brady. Was, right. My point yeah, is this: right. Jim Harbaugh is uniquely situated to remember what Russell Wilson did well and to help them diagnose whether or not there's a way to get back to that. So, I think you're onto something with Jim Harbaugh because right. I don't think Sean Payton wants that job, right? Yeah, well, I think Jim Harbaugh would take that. Job. Well, I, I, and and Mike, to just something we kind of you know again, I, I think we're we're down a list here of proven commodities. Uh, I think that's what we're talking about with Denver, and I think we both kind of feel a, a gut instinct that that's where this is going to go, especially with with Greg Penner's comments there. 
you know, unless they're going to trade for a coach that's out there right now in the NFL, like make a move like the Bucks did for John Gruden. Yeah, I mean, that's it's Sean Payton and, and, and Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh, too, Mike, to the conversation we were having earlier, I think is, you, you said all the right things about knowing Russell Wilson, but also maybe delivers a style of football that fits Russ Wilson. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to be high-flying. Like, he's not going to get to be able to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. That's It's not going to happen. Nor do I think anybody right now is going to have the confidence to go, oh, Russell Wilson can do that. We'll just give him the offense and he'll carry the squad. I don't know why you would think that's, you know, a, a, a capability after what we've seen from the, uh, this year in Denver. But, you know, Harbaugh, we know the kind of style he's going to play. Defense, run the ball, control the clock. Hey, Russ. Make a play on third down. We'll run the ball again. We'll play defense. Oh, hey, hey, Russ, it's it's the fourth quarter. We're down by three with four minutes left. Can you be clutch Russ now and kind of drive us down for the game and we'll, you know, score and we play defense and we win? I mean, guess that that's how Russell Wilson started his career, to your point and what we're talking about here. That's what made him who he is. And maybe that's a formula that will work for Russell Wilson. Uh, as, as we go on here. And so that, that's why I threw that out. And it'd be interesting to see which, which way they go here in this one. But that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a CEO of the football operation. And Jim Harbaugh was successful immediately. Like him or don't like him. And say what you will about him. Don't like him. I don't like successful him. <laughs> right out of the gates. Yeah. That's fine. Right. That's fine. But you know what? But yeah. You know what? I respect him, A lot him, of people though. aren't going to like someone who has exactly what the Broncos are looking for. Yeah. You're looking for somebody who's got a healthy dose of jerk, right? You want a guy that's going to that's gonna say what needs to be said and not worry about the consequences. You want a guy who's a little eccentric. You want a guy who's a little kooky. You want a guy who's wired a little too tight, who can come in and take this bull by the horns and maybe – Say the hard truths to Russell Wilson, although it could just be cliche fest with Jim Harbaugh rattling off his and Russell Wilson rattling off his and really no conversation happening between the two guys. But but still, you <laughs> want funny. someone who is an old school, hard charging, take over the operation football coach doesn't need to hire a coach to coach the coach. I mean, that was the moment that. I knew this wasn't going to last more than a year for Nathaniel Hackett. When they had to bring in Jerry Rosberg to help Nathaniel Hackett do his job, the Walmart crowd isn't going to go for this. They'll they'll allow it to happen, but that's the kind of thing you can't come back from, and I don't think there was any coming back from that. And Jim Harbaugh is not going to need to have someone tell him how to do his job. He is going to be very certain that he knows how to do the job. Thank you very much. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anyone's help. I know how to do this. That's what they're looking for. And that's the question. How many proven commodities are out there who can come in and do this? Yeah. Who have shown they right. can get it done. And, Chris, you touched on something, and this is in uh, – I got a chapter in Playmakers about this, gratuitous plug, although it's not really gratuitous. It fits. Yeah. Teams don't do this enough where we'll give up assets to trade for an established coach. Yeah. Now, Agreed. new ownership group in Denver may not want to rock the boat – I don't think the teams like it when teams do this. I think you get frowned upon at the league meetings if you're too aggressive in this because it elevates the status of coaches. It puts them in a position where they have to pay the coaches more. The coaches look like a more important commodity. By the way, they are. But they just want to keep it. They want to keep the salaries down. 
That's why they do it. But that's an option, too. Other coaches out there who are currently working, currently maybe thriving, you contact their team and say, what would it take by way of compensation if, in theory, we were to hire your coach? It just doesn't happen nearly as often as it should. No, I, I, I will agree with you there. It's a it's an angle or at least a play that I'm I'm a little surprised that more teams don't, you know, at least investigate those avenues as, as far as who's available when you're talking about changing culture and all of that. Yeah, I, I, I am surprised it doesn't happen a little bit more than than not. You know, and and uh, I don't know if there's a guy out okay, there. Okay, okay, let's do this. Then. But, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just throw out some names. Yeah, uh, and this is, I know a to, name right away. Before that I think before of. any right. before before any of the aggregators out there are going to take this and turn it into us listing actual candidates. Let's be clear, folks. We're just spitballing on potential current NFL coaches that maybe the Broncos should think about. Give me one. Well, the first guy I think about is like Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know, th- th- that's the guy I think of. You know, I, again, it's it's an unbelievable run in Pittsburgh. We see you talk about culture. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody defines the word more than that guy. Doesn't matter who gets hurt, who plays quarterback, whatever. They come out and hit and play tough, and they're going to compete. So that's a guy I look at always. And and again, sometimes it seems like the Pittsburgh fan base is a little. Uh, frustrated with him, which I want to be like, why? Some of the issues with the team are not not directly related to, to, to him there. He'd be one guy I would think about right away. What about John Harbaugh? Yeah, same thing. Same type of thought. you're not inclined to pursue Jim. Right, right. If, you think, if you think Jim is just a little too kooky for your liking, how about the brother that knows how to better control it? How about him? Yeah, I, I agreed too. Same same type of talk there. You know, the, the big thing is, is I just, when I think about these things, I just go, well, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they'd be crazy to trade them. That's the only thing. But yeah, those are two candidates right away that I think are your CEO types. You know who the boss is when you walk in the room and they have that great way of being able to be tough on their players and teach them, but yet the players still have a feel of like, wait, this guy cares about me and loves me too, so I'll do whatever he says. And that's where those two, I think, are, are have the magic touch. And here's why there's value in making the phone call. Remember when everybody dragged the commanders last year because they called every team to see if their quarterback was available? And people are like, oh, you called the Chiefs. Oh, you think Patrick Mahomes is available? No, this is being thorough. Why not call every team with a coach that you would be interested in make the phone call because you don't know what's going on in the relationship between John Harbaugh and the Ravens. Maybe they're at the point where after all these years, it's time to move on. Maybe Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney are at a point where it's time to move on. And there's nothing like the cover of getting value and, and being, and then you come off as magnanimous. This guy's ready to move on with his career and we fully support him. Whereas secretly, like, thank God, we were ready to get rid of that guy. And I'm not saying that's what Art Rooney believes with Mike Tomlin. I'm just saying you don't know. You don't know until you activate the process. What about calling up Bob Kraft and saying, you know, what about Belichick? What, what, if they're look, what if they'd love to find a way out from under Bill Belichick yeah, sure, right now? What if sure. they think it's stale and it's over and, and we don't want to fire him, we can't fire him, but, but boy, if somebody want to give us draft pick compensation and cash – for Bill Belichick's contract, that allows us to step aside from him. Yeah. Maybe a year before we were going to do it anyway. 
Exhaust so all why avenues. Why not make the phone calls? Yes. Why not list every Super Bowl winning coach that is currently with another team and call that team and and just ask? What What's the harm in that? Now, again, the new ownership group may not feel comfortable yet when it comes to potentially making waves and pissing people off, but there's surely a tactful way to do it. And you may be doing somebody a favor. You may be giving them the path that they're looking for out from under a, a coach they'd like to move on from. And, Chris, let's take it next level. There's also the possibility that one of these teams, through back channels and conversations that never happened, make it known to Greg Penner that we wouldn't be all that upset if you made a phone call. Yeah, sure. If you're thinking about Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, or someone else that's out there that we would think is untouchable, maybe you should make that phone call if this is a guy you're interested in. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, you exhaust all options on this one. And I don't think there's any, you know, you know feelings. You know, it's business. And call and see. There's nothing that can, that can hurt you there. If you feel like, hey, this is a guy that I think maybe, you know, to what you're saying, maybe the marriage is about to end. It's gone on for a long time. Maybe they're both looking for a fresh start. You don't know. That's kind of what happened with the Raiders and Al Davis and John Gruden. There was, I think, contract looming on the horizon, you know, Gruden being a powerful personality and, you know, probably wanting more control of the team and Al Davis being like, no, I'm Al Davis. I'll control the team the way I want to, you know, and they were, I think, looking for a way to get away from each other that way. So uh, I don't think there's any wrong with exhausting those options and uh, we'll see. And hopefully the Penner, Penner family makes the right decisions here. And one person who's available in theory but would have to have compensation flowing to the Saints is Sean Payton. We talked yesterday about whether or not that's a job he would even want. There's a rumor making the rounds about his destination for 2023, and it may surprise you. That's not a gratuitous tease. That's the truth. It may surprise you. Stick around, and you'll find out who we're talking about when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.